All right, you are listening to the Cock and Bull Podcast, where twice a fortnight my brother and I attempt to do what 20 better podcasts are already doing. This is, folks, the process or product of 20 minutes of prep work, uh, so just... Just understand, tensions are high. Tensions are high. Tensions are high because the guy with the iPad and the iPhone is having an easier time getting his setup together than the guy with $5,000 worth of electronic recording equipment. But, you know, no big deal. No I would, big deal. I would like to not thank Tascam for not sending me the power supply for my $5,000 audio setup uh, because otherwise this life would be so much goddamn easier. Uh, I, you say that, but I with the guy with the iPhone and the iPad, life's pretty simple. You know what? Uh, let's just dive into it. This is our Valentine's Day episode, so uh, we're going to talk about the most... Uh, beloved historic tale of romance, which Nathan, I just want you to take a take a stab, take a guess at what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Donald Trump and cheeseburgers. All right, that's a pretty good guess. John Smith was born in 1579. Or oh fuck nuggets. Oh fuck, and we're getting into Disney territory. Here we go. Or perhaps 1580 in Lincolnshire, England. His parents were farmers, and he was baptized on January 5th, 1580. He was baptized. In Willoughby, where his parents rented their farmland from Lord Willoughby, whose early life I could tell you more about, uh, because he was born rich and royal, and everybody had the resources to document his boring, boring life. Uh, Now, that being said, this is obviously not about Lord Willoughby. Uh, This is about John Smith. Well, no, no, no. This is about Pocahontas. No one gives a fuck about the random white dude. Little did Nathan know Lord Willoughby is a secret antagonist in this story who will be dramatically revealed in Act 3. If, if Lord Willoughby is not the big fat guy with the pug who sang about savages, um, no. <laughs> I, I have not seen that movie in nigh on 16 years, so... No, no one has. That's not the point. <laughs> the, the images are indelible. Johnny old, Boy. Right, old, old, stereotypical black woman tree and, and then other things. Yeah. Yeah, raccoon friend. There was a hummingbird or something. Raccoon friend. Raccoon friend. Uh, Johnny Boy had some minor heritage to wear on his sleeve, but not much. Uh, With a generic last name like Smith, you're bound to have a rich or royal ancestor somewhere along the line. Now, John was educated for a few years from age 12 to 15 at a grammar school in Luth? Louth? I don't... Folks, this is what you pay for. When John's father died, John signed up as a mercenary with the French to fight the Spanish. Uh, He returned to England after finding some success as a mercenary and picked up an apprenticeship on a merchant ship. Now, when business was slow, the merchants would take a more offensive approach and uh, dabble in piracy. Oh, well, I mean, that's what you do. If you're going to dabble in something, you you dabble in the pirate arts. Now, in 1600, Smith grew bored of that as well, and he sailed for Hungary to fight the Turks. He grew bored of piracy? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people get bored of a lot of things. I have not heard a lot of people say, like, the pirate life was boring. No, and maybe he just got bored of the merchant life, and he got tired of waiting every six weeks ah. for them to switch to piracy. Okay, I can understand that. Because, you know, I think we've talked about boats are, you know, boats are an upsetting life. I don't get it. Oh, no, no one wants the boat life. No one, no one, other, than, uh, no one other than Jimmy James Buffett is into the boat life. <laughs> now, this was in the Long Turkish War, or the 13 Years War. So John jumped in on year seven. And did pretty well for himself. He was promoted to cavalry captain. Really? In the 13 Years' War. Was this between the Seven Years' War and the 40 Years' War and the 100 Years' War? When did we stop naming wars like a fucking child? John jumped in on Year 7 and did pretty well for himself. Already said that. He was promoted to cavalry captain. And later he killed three Turks in single combat. Oh, he- did he? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Now this Look at him. This feat was honored when he was knighted by the Prince of Transylvania... 
uh, given a new horse. What the f- Whoa, back the fuck up, son. You did not just casually drop the Prince of Transylvania in there like it was no big deal. What the fuck is John Smith doing hanging out with Dracula? Nathan, you are asking far too many questions, and, and that is not I how we do this show. I am the one. It's my job. This is not how we do this show. You make the good goose. Okay. You don't I, assume that I know about the Turkish 13 years I, war. I, I apologize. You just you, you came at that like a very confident gentleman. I wanted to push it. Apparently, I was wrong. Confidence is key. Don't pull back the curtain. The feat was honored. Uh, he was given a new horse and a newly designed... And the High Order of, of Dracula. Correct. The High Order of Dracula, the Court of Dracula, gave him a newly designed coat of arms uh, featuring a knight's helm and the heads of three Turkish men. <laughs> okay, cool. That's one way to do it, I guess. And the three Turk heads look exactly the same, which is to say it's a, it's a white dude with a giant orange turban. Racist! And, and a <laughs> Racist huge, is what you're saying. Huge brown mustache. <laughs> They all fantastic. They're all the same guy. They are all the exact same horrible, horrible stereotype. Great. great. In 1602, John was captured by a Turkish warrior and was taken as a personal slave. Now, the Turks sent him off to serve his lover in Istanbul, a Greek woman, who uh, immediately fell in love with John. Now, well, as you do, the Turk that enslaved him came back... To find him getting romantic with his lover, which that's just gotta be weird. I, that's one way to describe, I don't know why white boy's not dead, but sure. Like, dude, you are being such a rude slave right now, if I can be perfectly he honest. He is being a very bad slave. Now, the slave owner was convinced by the Greek woman to, rather than murder John, send him off to work for her brother. Uh, she thought that her brother could train him up to fight for the Turkish military as an imperial soldier, which, kind of a weird plan. <laughs> Yeah, hey, let you know you know why ar- arming slave armies isn't a good idea. All right, slave, I'm gonna teach you how to fight. Now I'm gonna send you off to the military, and you you're gonna come home, right? You're not just gonna leave. Okay, cool. Don't don't get me wrong. I support it fully because I think stupid people should get what they deserve when they have slaves. But damn it, how do you not see this plan falling through? Now the brother, however, didn't really dig the whole make him a soldier plan. He just he was just a cruel guy. So he was into the whole I'm gonna work him to death thing. So John, uh, while being tormented by his master out in the fields, uh, picked up a large rock and smashed the owner's face in. Well, that's another way to attack it. He's killed three Turks. He has a badge that proves it. Why would you push him? Dude, I know you're killing me right now, but can I just say you are the worst slave I've ever had? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, in the scale of slaves, yeah, he is definitely like Spartacus level on the slave train. He's not good at it. You are just the rudest person I've ever met. All right. He is a very, very bad slave. <laughs> now, John stole a horse and got moving through North Africa and Europe, uh, eventually returning to England by 1605. Now, what transpired in those three whole years must not have been very important because uh, nothing stood out in my research. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we all have three-year gaps. Let's not... I mean, the man's murdered <laughs> The man's murdered some Turks. He got the High Order of Dracula. He can afford a three-year of, like, sabbatical. Oh, yeah. Now, John was itching for more adventure. So, after meeting Captain Bartholomew Gosnold, who I think was a imp from some fantasy series... I mean, he was definitely, definitely a guy with pointed ears of some sort. He was convinced to join the Virginia Company on one of its colonial expeditions. Okay. I feel like now we are getting into Pocahontas territory because all of those words sounded like things that are in the movie Pocahontas. Now, Smith was initially put on a council that would basically ensure that the settlements were turning a mineral profit. Um, But after the ship set sail in 1606, he was pretty quickly arrested by the crew for attempting to stage a mutiny and to steal power over the future settlement before they even arrived. (laughs) 
Well, he has a history of uprisings, slave or otherwise, so yeah. This is how John phrased it, saying that he was falsely accused because everyone was jealous of him. They hated his, quote, sophisticated and accomplished background, despite being raised from a meager farm. Okay. They hate me because I'm beautiful. I was going to go with they hate me because they ain't me, but yeah, you can, uh, you can definitely, definitely use yours. Yeah, this, this sounds, this guy sounds like a hoot. He sounds like a great guy to be around. I can't imagine why all the women are fawning over him. This is a recurring problem with John Smith later on, is that a lot of this story I'm going to read from is told from his recounting. Oh, so it's all bullshit. It's all well, entirely bullshit is I, what you're telling me. I, fa- I found uh, a handful of sources to call him out when he's wrong, but but yeah, the, okay. the, the big issue with a lot of the romanticized stories of John Smith is that they're all from books that he wrote later on. He wrote a lot of books. Like, hey, how I found that sweet, sweet Native American strange. Now, nobody was really is keeping that the title? Like, tight records on him from the colonial side to, to make an argument against his bullshit. So, it's up to you. Was he right? They were probably a little more worried not getting massacred and all that stuff to be, to be writing down the exploits of John Smith. But sure, yeah, let's go with that. The answer is no. no. Nobody, he was being an asshole and tried to, I don't know, argue to become the mayor. And people weren't cool with that. So, he was almost yeah, hanged. why not? He was almost hanged, uh, but they opted to keep him just in chains until they knew whether or not they needed him. Opted to keep him as a slave. Has nobody read the backstory? This doesn't end well. <laughs> now, when the ship landed in Chesapeake Bay in 1607, Johnny John remained a prisoner for a few weeks. Uh, eventually, he was released and assumed his regular role in the settlement of Jamestown. And Jamestown was the first permanent North American British colony, actually. So, many of the it settlers... Is. Uh, were lost in the early years to starvation and disease, and it was even sooner that they learned that they were in a territory that was home to several Native American communities, a confederation of tribes, more or less. Oh my gosh, an organized government of people live here! We must eradicate them! Then didn't they know this was ours? Smith was released and tasked with negotiating with the nearby tribes for food and other resources. Now, while he did that, for the most part, Native Americans quickly took to fearing Smith over his tendency to get frustrated with negotiations, put a gun to the chief's head, and demand free food. <laughs> okay. He's All definitely right. read The Art of the Deal. He, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eventually, the colony started sending ranging parties farther into the region, hoping to find more, you know, opportunities to settle, to, to mine, whatever. It was on a ranging expedition along the Chickahominy River, that Smith oh, and his party... That was actually probably good. Was it? Probably pretty good. Okay. I went phonetically I, with it. You know what? It's, uh, I really wanted to think it sounded like bullshit, but it sounds pretty good. All right, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Smith and his party along this river came into a territory of the Powhatan tribe. A hunting party ambushed Smith and his men, and Smith was the only survivor. He was taken captive. Don't take him captive, people. It's a recurring theme. It is a recurring theme of putting this guy in chains. And him busting out of them chains. Now, Smith and the tribe's leader, Chief Powhatan Wahunsinaka, hit it off pretty well. Now, the two came to an understanding over their mutual fear of the Spanish, and they formed an alliance. Wait, what? Holy shit. 
Really? Yeah. How much must the Spanish have sucked for white guys and Native Americans to been like, let's get together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, no. Spanish were... Absolutely not. Spanish were pretty goddamn terrible to the Native Americans, and they were doing it first. The Spanish were dicks. I get it. They annihilated entire, you know, people. The Maya Inca. The thing is, just the Spanish were doing it first, and so the Native Americans were like, Ah. oh, good, the second white people are here. They will be nicer. So, like, we showed up and, and like, teamed up with the Taliban because we thought Russia was bad. And now, irony, irony. Now, here's where the stories split. John Smith later wrote in a letter to the Queen, years later, that the Powhatans did not take so kindly to him. And just before they were going to execute him, the Powhatan's daughter, or Powhatan chief's daughter, Pocahontas, threw herself on top of him to stop the execution. Now okay, chi- now we skipped the entire movie, but that is in the end. I've seen that part. Now, the chief had a change of heart and accepted John Smith as a sort of, quote, spiritual son. That's definitely not how that movie ended. Now, the story relayed from the Mataponi over hundreds of years of oral history and writings is that John Smith was brought back to the tribe as a prisoner, but was quickly admired by the chief. Smith, not entirely sure what was going on due to, you know, a bit of a language barrier, was put through a ceremony to become a werowance, a better described as, you know, the leader of the colonists in the eyes of the tribe. So the Mataponi alleged that somewhere along that four-day ceremony, Smith thought that he was going to get executed, but then he just charmed his way out of it. Oh my god. So basically, he just had no idea what was going on. He went on a vision quest, he thought he was going to get murdered, and then at the end of it, everything went like normal, and he thought that he was saved. Aha! I've outwitted you fools! You won't be killing oh, me God. today! No, we, we... We were making you like the ambassador to the white folk, dude. Not anymore, you're not, thanks to my cunning wits. No, really, this is the uh, staff of brotherhood. This is not, I know it looks like a club <laughs> with, with stones in it, but... On top of that, Smith's story about Pocahontas coming to save him uh, first came up in a book that he wrote, like, 17 years later. This guy wrote yeah, a so lot of books, and almost of- all of them are certified bullshit. So lots of bullshit. Okay, cool. So now, now let's let's pause real quick to acknowledge that we skipped to the very end of Pocahontas, and already it's wrong. So uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and question what the fuck Walt Disney was all up to in this matter. But moving on. Well, first off, Pocahontas was not even her fucking name. It was Matoaka. Well, yeah, but that doesn't sound good on a poster. You're right. It doesn't. Pocahontas was her mother's name, who died in childbirth, and the nickname Pocahontas was used for Matawaka as a derogatory term for being a spoiled brat. So, just all kinds of ah. insulting shit. So basically, this is... Okay, okay, I'm feeling very... I, I, I fully expect you to ruin Mulan for me later, but to keep, <laughs> keep ruining this gem of my childhood. Second, Matawaka was 10 years old during this. Smith was 27. Oh! There was no age he could have been that this wouldn't have been fucked up. In this there tribe. Was nothing you could If you'd have told me he was 14, I'd have just been more concerned about how he was murdering Turks at age 6. But still not a good thing. In this tribe, women that young were not allowed to attend the Werowance ceremony as they were responsible for preparing the food and cleaning up afterwards. Oh! And not because it was their bedtime because she's 10? <laughs> Now, Matawaka, the chief's daughter, would have been held to even stricter standards than most kids her age, so it's incredibly unlikely that she was there to interfere with the ceremony at all. And the implication that a 10-year-old spared this random-ass white dude over any uh, romantic reason, cough, cough, Disney, is, uh, as I like to call it, flat-out icky. 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, even if, yeah, just none of it, just none of it, why? Oh, God, I am starting to question more and more what the fuck is going on here. I don't like any of this. So John and the Powhatans declared themselves friends. That part is the same on both stories. Um, okay. Now, that is after John met the Powhatans' terms. In exchange for the Powhatan village of Kapahosik, John would give the chief two cannons and a grindstone. Now, that trade... Oh. Is Wait, get, so they traded a village for two cannons and a drive grindstone? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, no. They we need to get we need to get them into Civ. That's a bad trade. You don't give up the city until you're under siege for at least ten turns. Well, see that trade is giving up two siege weapons and the ability to enhance tribal weapons. So it's so it's you could say it's kind of a loss for the English. And the villagers agreed when he returned to Jamestown uh, because he came back to find that his spot on the council had been replaced and he was quickly arrested for not only allowing the members of his squad to die, but for making an alliance with the Powhatans. Ah, yeah, I mean, he, he really wasn't sent as, like, delegation leader to go be making alliances, so I get that, but English people, you gotta realize your shit is wrecked here, and you need, you, you need some teammates. Now, they argued that Smith was using the alliance to take over Jamestown, which... If this really is, oh, it absolutely was. If this really is a conspiracy against John Smith, and everybody's just always been out to get him, everybody needs to come up with a new frame job because they keep just accusing him of trying to usurp the mayorship or something. Well, I mean, in his defense, what is the higher title in that town? It's not like he's going to be king. Like, be yeah. ma- run Fair. town is basically world domination in seventeen or sixteen or fifteen, whatever. Fair, you know. <clears throat> Smith was imprisoned and set to hang. But, on the evening of his execution, a ship loaded with 100 settlers... A ten-year-old white girl dove in front of him and saved him from execution. (laughs) Pocahontas expertly shot the noose with her bow and arrow, guided by her black tree mother. (laughs) You know what? I said that out loud, and then the more I've thought about that, and I've thought about a depressing amount during the rest of this episode, I'm pretty sure that was just, like, a Native American, like, grandmother, and I'm, I'm deeply concerned with the fact that I have, for the last 20 years assumed that that was like a, a old black woman when it in fact is absolutely not that's that's concerning to me on a spiritual level and i will deal with those repercussions myself internet i apologize no pocahontas did not interfere with this execution a ship loaded with 100 settlers and fresh supplies came through chesapeake bay celebration swept through jamestown and in all of the fuss everyone just kind of forgot about Smith's execution. And in fact, they were so happy, they just kind of let him go altogether. Oh my God. Oh, oh my, oh my God. How lazy about an execution do you have to be to be like, all right, we got our tax returns. Fuck it, let him live. It's, oh, we got food. All right, we don't have to hang him to entertain ourselves. All right, good. Everyone go back to doing what we're doing. We're going to try and be a civilization again. Now, despite the original weariness to the treaty, the alliance with the Powhatans actually helped Jamestown for a little while. The Virginia Company wrote in that John was to go exploring the Chesapeake area in order to uh, both find gold and a passage to the Pacific Ocean. Mm. You know. Mm. All right, so now we have gold. Now we're looking for gold. And we're looking for... All we need is someone to throw the word savages a couple times, and I'm getting close to a song. And we're looking for for the passage to the Pacific Ocean in Virginia? You know, that Panama Canal we have in Virginia? Okay, now, in their defense there... Come on now, they didn't know how fucking big that country was. They didn't know that country was there. They Seriously, had, how? I'm pretty sure they God, assumed until like the, the 1910s that there was some way to get through. How goddamn small did they think the continent was? Like, well, fuck! 
I mean, they ran into, like, Bermuda and shit like that, and the Bahamas, and, and Kokomo, and then they thought those were skinny. Yeah, and, and the, then, and then the Bermudas prob- and, and Virginia are, like, 600 miles away from each other. But still, like, if you... Spain. Let's think about Spain for a hot second. Okay. Spain is a country, and they know they can go to either side of it. If Virginia was Spain-sized, you'd get to, like, <laughs> I don't know, West Virginia, and you'd probably be at the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, but here's the thing. You cross the Atlantic and you go into Spain. You don't go to the other side of Spain, you're suddenly in the Pacific. Like, there's a whole other well, half of the continent dumb. on the other no side. No accusing them of being smart. They were dum-dums. Now, on this journey... John did not find either of those things. Uh, He did, however, find more tribes. He also managed to bring back more food, which, knowing what we know about his habit of holding guns to people's heads, we can maybe guess where that food came from. We probably could. We probably could. He might not have been making a lot of great friends on the way. I don't think he he has a good good feel-good tale at the end of this, no. On top of that, he also came back with some of the most detailed maps of the northeastern U.S. that colonists had ever seen. Uh, these maps were one of John's better accomplishments. <laughs> okay, well, to this point so far, we could say it is his only accomplishment, because we haven't exactly listed any other sterling things other than murdering foreigners. That is kind of his forte. It's not a good one, but that is his expertise. And apparently cartography. Now, when John came back to Jamestown, uh, he somehow got even less popular. Someone had intercepted a private letter that he wrote that detailed his displeasure with the town's government, and with the Virginia Company. <sighs> That's probably not a thing you should write down, dude. Like, yeah. don't, why? Why? I don't, don't write that down. Don't just write that down in your journal. Now, despite that, he was elected president of the colony in 1608. Okay, so make fun of the colony, say the colony shit, get elected head of the colony, make Jamestown great again, people. <laughs> Doesn't this sound a little familiar? Oh, but not too familiar. Smith's style of leadership was extremely tough on the colonists. He drew a hard line with his people when he said, if you don't work, you don't eat. Uh, this re- okay, he really is Donald Trump. Fuck. All right, cool. Now he forces, this, is, this is good to know. He forced colonists to plant crops, repair the fort, develop products for export, and so on. So if you ask Smith, his policies ramped up efficiency tenfold, but nevertheless... He got even more unpopular. While not as many people were dying, the colonists still couldn't produce enough food to sustain themselves, so Jamestown fell back on its Native American relations, which were awesome. I was about to say, because it sounds like those have been going great for them. The issue with this is that the whole area was under drought, not just Jamestown. You know, it's the whole state of Virginia, so nobody was producing extra food. The Powhatans especially were short on food, so when the English came by to ask for some munchies, uh, the Powhatans just refused. And they refused a handful of times after that. So Smith's response was to light nearby villages on fire and to steal food and to kidnap natives and beat them and enslave them. Because when in doubt, white it out. That's what I always say. This is going to be great. This is going to just be fantastic. This sounds great. This spree of violence was surprisingly interrupted by an order from the Virginia Company, who said that rather than murder all the Native Americans, we need to convert them to Christianity. Oh, good! The Spanish have arrived! (laughs) So the colonists had to find a way to quell the fires that they started. Everyone else's idea was to coronate the Powhatan chief. You know, make him him royal in the name of King James. Um, But Smith knew that that was a really fucking bad idea. And everyone ignored him. Sure enough, the Powhatan chief refused to kneel for an English king, 
and instead the chief cut off any and all trade with Jamestown and supposedly ordered John Smith's death. Who As I, well he should have! Which, like, I'm not defending uh, Mr. Kill, Kill, Rape, and Pillage, but, like, he's got to be back just sitting in his office like, I fucking told you so. I mean, yeah, but, you know, your first rule of leadership, everything is your fault. I learned that from a bug's life. Now, the first of three Anglo-Powhatan wars had begun. What transpired was a series of horrible, horrible atrocities committed by the English to a number of tribes of the Powhatan Confederation. Men, women, and children were butchered all in, uh, one after the other, more and more creative ways, um, all because these tribes were trying to save enough food for themselves. And they weren't keen on sharing it with people that would put guns to their heads and just steal their shit. So, you know, it's kind of like Bugs Life. I like to make sure history... It's kind of exactly like Bugs Life. I want to make sure everything, you know, Nathan, is relatable and cool. So for those of you at home, think of it like Bugs Life. And in this case, Kevin Spacey is John Smith. Oh, God! Oh, no! Oh, I forgot that that was Spacey. Oh, shit, that movie is... Oh, he is a much better villain now. Fuck! Speaking of Kevin Spacey, it was in 1613 (laughs) that the chief's daughter... Must we? Matawaka was captured by Englishmen. Otherwise known as Pocahontas, if this point isn't coming across. Oh no, it's 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 coming through loud and clear. Okay, so we've we've uh, so it's been a couple of years. So what is she now? Twelve? Uh, let's see. It would have been like what sixteen oh eight. She's about fifteen by now. Fourteen or fifteen? Oh good. Oh 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 yeah. She's she is right. Well ready to go. <laughs> I believe there is a rumor that she was delivered by the chief's own werowants, uh, for reasons that will make a bit more sense later. Now this immediately spoiled brat. No one liked her. As soon as she was, maybe, yeah, maybe it's because she was just fucking terrible. Maybe nobody liked I mean, her. I mean, she had a nickname that basically meant she was a little bitch. I, mean, that I don't is know. True. Maybe, maybe, maybe Pocahontas had it coming. I've gone full turn. Her, her shitty, rude nickname became her name in whitewash history. So yeah, maybe she was just terrible. Maybe she was awful. Oh, I feel bad. I feel dirt. Yeah, no, trust me. I, I don't agree with any of the things I've just said. This immediately drew a ceasefire from the Powhatans who saw that she was being used as a ransom. Now, meanwhile, the colonists had conquered most of the riverfront territory the natives once held. Uh, When the new Powhatan capital was sacked by the English, the chief was forced to the negotiating table. Now, peace was finally found when John Rolfe, an Englishman, I don't know why I had to clarify that. (laughs) Wait, wait, he wasn't one of the Powhatans? You don't say. (laughs) Now, when John Rolfe married Matawaka, Rolfe was... Uh, one of the captors that had seized the young girl a year prior, and apparently during her captivity, he, quote, grew quite fond of her, which is just uh, Uh deeply upsetting. Their Uh marriage was the Uh first interracial marriage in Virginia. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. This was, of course, after she was baptized. The the Virginia company did a... Like, the queen basically completely did away with the title of president since shit was not going well in Jamestown following the war. (laughs) And as such, uh, Smith was ousted from his position and decided, this is kind of whack, nobody likes me, I'm going home, where they kind of forgot how shitty I am. So he went home, and and it wasn't long before John Rolfe was taking his new hot Christian wife Pocahontas home, too. Oh, God. Now, um, Just none of it. John Smith went home and wrote a shit ton of books that basically lied about everything he did. And when John Rolfe was in England, he was using his wife as an example of how colonizing the New World was sophisticating these disgusting savages. And look, we can turn them to Christianity. Hope is not lost. 
she actually, John Rolfe and, and Pocahontas ran into John Smith in England, um, upon which uh, she screamed, uh, began crying, turned around and ran away. <laughs> Oh god! I'm sure nothing bad happened there. That sounds like the that sounds like someone who threw themselves on a uh, a dude at age ten to save him from execution. That's yeah, totally right. Like what happened? There was totally a romantic connection. No, she, in her words, uh, she said that it, it, she was overcome with grief because she had no idea he was even still alive. The one dude that could still mend Native American relations because he was he was he was still you know kind of a spirit brother you know to the chief. The one dude that could have patched up relations fucking just ran off. Like, she thought he died. So she was, she could not forgive him for the fact that uh, he, he just ran off and allowed relations to sour so badly. So that's all cool. cool. John Smith died cool. on the 21st of June, 1631 in London. So just, just moral of the story, the whole movie Pocahontas is bullshit. And, oh uh, my god, yeah. If there is one goddamn thing to take away, there is literally not one second of anything close to accuracy in that film. And I do not go to Disney films for historical accuracy. I do that. That's not the job. True, but, you go for the good songs and for the, the pretty uh-huh. white men. But if you're going to tell that story... Don't use historical figures' names and then pass that shit off like it happened. That movie could have been about any other named. It could have been the Sacagawea story. It could have been, and it could have been anything. It did not have to be Pocahontas and John Smith when that is so obviously, obviously awful. God damn it, Disney. God damn it. All right, uh, I want to thank uh, my my sources for this one. Uh, in particular, Indian Country Media Network uh, has a great. Great transcription of the Mataponi accounts of John Smith. Um, if you would like sources, uh, I used to include them kind of in a link in the podcast description. But if you want them, just go ahead and uh, uh, shoot me a tweet at Cock and Bull Pod. Uh, I want to thank everybody that has yet to leave a review. I, I will take you out back and execute you by next episode. Uh, you have frankly All dishonored you. me. You've dishonored me. Um, you, have, you have brought shame to our family. There's another Disney movie. Here uh, we go. There are high stakes writing on this on this review game. Uh, I, I you know I don't want to I don't want to name names, uh, but NBC is going to cancel us if, oh, if we yeah. don't get those oh, ratings oh. up twice. They're going to bring us back and cancel us again, like Community. I also want to thank uh, Driftless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song "There Were Buffalo on the Ark" off the album Cholera. Uh, it is a fantastic album. It's a fantastic band. I would highly recommend their album Magnificent, streaming on Spotify and. Uh, just just buy it. I mean, just buy music. Apple Music? Uh, I don't actually know of Magnificence on Apple Music. It's like their only album that isn't. Anyway, oh, thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, uh, we're trying to sort out audio quality issues, uh, but just bear with us. And, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. On time, this time. Yeah, where we ruin another beloved childhood icon.